0: Hey there, are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kazilski and Fage Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag healthy you, wealthy you.
1: Good morning to all of the high FM listeners out there. I'm Adol Kazilski and this is the Healthy You Show. I'm doing it solo again today, sadly, but not for bad reasons. Maybe it's participating in uh, another syncha, uh, which is fantastic. And, um, so I'm sitting in the dropping seat today and we were thinking about taking a different angle, uh, this, this morning. And I am going to be very excited to introduce to you an inspirational person. You know, we've spoken such a lot about uh, health, and how we can change our lives, and what we should be doing, and it's best to learn from people who have done it. So today I'm going to be introducing a, a lady who I only met two days ago as well, um, but who's going to show us that you know if you go and really become very focused on your health, and you start asking the right questions, you actually can turn things around. And I think that that's very important. It's great to listen to all the medical practitioners that that uh, we brought on the show, and it's great also to listen to all the advice that we try to share with you on the show. But I think the most inspirational is when you find someone who has taken their health into their hands and has changed the way that they're living and in turn changed their health and now is living a vibrant life. And that's really what the Healthy You, Wealthy You show is all about, is feeding you guys information and trying to keep you upbeat and motivated That to a very, very large extent. um, We are in control of our health and we are in control of our lives. And how much more important that is now, I think that in the COVID-19 epidemic that the world is struggling with, we know very much that our health, our lack of it, um, our our inability to 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 fight off the virus in a, in an efficient way is really highlighted with everybody and um, I think more than ever now we need to ask the questions of what can we do in our lives long term to change things and um, make things better without us relying On the medical world Now again and as always All uh, all discussion Over here is just Discussion and information And anything you need to do You need to do under a medical practitioner Of your choice Um, And of course I would love to uh, Have you involved In the conversation So 34519 is The SMS line 061-895-1019 is the telegram number. So if you'd like to be part of this conversation, um, i love to hear from you. We're going to go for a little bit of an ad break. And after the break, we are going to be speaking to Natalie Joel.
0: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Edel Kosolski and Fagy Stern.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the show. And it gives me great pleasure to um, introduce to everybody, Natalie Joel. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning. Thank you so much for giving of your time, and I'm really, really glad for you to be on the show. You know, I was thinking, you know, we're going to be talking about your personal journey, and what I love about this, and not negating everybody else that we brought on the show that has a, you know, a a CV that's long and long, um, you know, with all the various things that they've accomplished and done in their lives, I think it's the and this is being um this is not being a, a negative but rather positive and um, for you the ordinary people like you and me who have gone and looked at our lives and changed things around I think that that is in in somewhat heroic and inspirational because really that's what the show is all about um, so I think to kick off can you share with our listeners who you were before you decided to change your life around, what was your life like? How was the state of your
2: health? Where were you at? Thank you, Adel. As you said, this is my personal journey. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a medical specialist. I'm not in the health profession, besides being a keto coach, which is not in the health, position, uh, health uh, business of being professional, but... Um, I have been through quite a change, and I'm very happy to share it with everybody. In my teens, I started putting on weight, and it wasn't that bad until I started having my babies. My first pregnancy, it went crazy. And people said, Natalie, don't worry. When your baby's born, you'll be breastfeeding, and the weight will just fall off. Well, unfortunately, it didn't fall off. It just climbed higher and higher and higher and got worse and worse and worse. And I went to the various diet clubs to try things, lost a little bit, gained more, next pregnancy, same story, same awful things. And it got to the stage where I felt, I mean, it's ridiculous to say, you just feel you look at a piece of cake and you put on the weight. (laughs) <laughs> and it, just, it was terrible. You know, you go somewhere and you look at the chairs and you think, Oi, those chairs all have got arms. How am I going to manage to squeeze into those chairs with those arms when I'm wider than the arms, for example? Right. Or you go somewhere and you're going to be on a bus and you think, oh, no, someone's going to have to sit next to me and they're going to have two centimeters and I'll take the rest of the seats up and it's it was embarrassing and nothing you can do. And you try everything and you think, ah, oh, finally something will work, and it doesn't. And you eat at the diet, and you're starving all the time, and nothing goes. We once went on the most incredible trip around Africa on a wonderful tour. And we went on a houseboat. And the house, it was the most amazing thing to go on a houseboat. But the terrible thing was we had to sleep on the ground floor because I couldn't climb the stairs. And when we went on the bus and on the thing going around in the game park, they had to give me a shove on the back to get up the stairs. That's how bad it was. It was, it was terrible. Yeah. So I started exercising, and I did crazy. And people said, no, Nancy, maybe you should do this. But I did swimming, and they said, maybe you should do cardio. So I did cardio. I did boxing. I did um, spinning. You name it, I did it. I was at gym like six days a week, and I didn't lose, and I was just getting worse and worse. And so I finally went to another dietitian, and I was starving all the time. And then I'd come home, and I'd find this pile of chocolate wrappers on the seat next <laughs> to me. And I thought, this is mad. I'm, I'm causing my own issues. I'm trying so hard to lose the weight, and I can't break my chocolate craving. What I need is to get hypnotized. And if I get hypnotized against chocolate, then I'll be able to lose the weight. Because it was now at a stage where I was at this dress shop in Johannesburg, I suppose throughout South Africa, that caters for the larger sizes. And wow. I was now at the largest size, and I thought, oh well. What am I going to do when I can't wear those clothes anymore? Because Woolworths was out, Fashini was out, Edgars was out. I couldn't wear any of their clothes because I didn't make large sizes. I used to go to this lady who made me clothes. But I, you know, you want to go in and buy a dress off the shelf. But it was getting yeah. impossible.
0: So anyway, one of my
2: daughters said to me, you know, if you're going to get hypnotized, you've got to be very, very careful who you go to. And she suggested a psychologist we know who does hypnosis as well. So I went to see him, and I told him all my issues. And he said to me, Natalie, I'm not going to hypnotize you. And I said, Why not? And he said, No, you must do banting. I said, What? This is a way of uh different way of eating certain foods. And when I'd heard about it at this stage five years ago, I said to the dietitian, What about banting? And she said, Oh no, we don't know the long term effects, and we don't know what it's going to be. So I said to him, But what about the long term effects? And he just laughed out and he said, rubbish. I can actually remember him saying rubbish. <laughs> Just try it for six weeks and do it. I said, well, I don't know what to do. So he told me a basic idea of what to do. So I went to the car and I phoned my husband and I said, he wouldn't hypnotize me. He said, I should do bending." So he says, okay, I'll do it with you. And that was the first day of the rest of our lives, as I say. And they say, was your journey, pardon, my husband's Howard, pardon? No, so I'm saying, was your husband in the same position as you in terms of health? He was also overweight, and a couple of years earlier, he had been diagnosed with diabetes. Stage 2, I mean, type 2. From our, pardon, type 2 diabetes, diabetes. yes. That, that was from, which we didn't realize at the stage, it was from our way of eating. We didn't know that the standard Western diet is a thing that, that triggers insulin in the body and causes many people to have a lot of illnesses, and one of them is diabetes. So right. anyway, he said he'd do it with me. And the, the dietitian at the, he was at the, um, diabetic clinic, which is fantastic. Anybody's got diabetes. And they, um, the dietitian that he, the first day that he was there saw, said to him, just watch the carbs. Mm-hmm. So he, so he looked at carbs, but we didn't really understand what carbs were. So he thought, okay, I'll cut the sugar. So he started having xylitol. So I'd make the most delicious cinnamon buns with flour and oils and all this stuff and use xylitol. So it was good that sugar wasn't there, but everything else was. So he was starting to lose. And he also then started cycling. Hatsola had put out this thing that they needed people to raise funds for the Cape Cycle. And he said, okay, he's going to do it. So he started his exercising with the cycling, which was doing very well. It was good exercise. Exercise is brilliant for diabetes, for the sugar control. So he, But he was also overweight. So we both started this, this journey for the rest of our lives. And we started to enjoy the ride at last. In our lives, beginning to enjoy eating and food and everything, and lo and behold, the weight started going, and interestingly enough, all of a sudden, I was starting to be very lightheaded and feeling weird, and I went to my cardiologist, and he said to me, yeah, I was on two blood pressure, high blood pressure pills at the time, I had extremely high blood pressure, wow. he said to me, Um, We're going to take you off the blood pressure medicines. You don't, you're, you don't need it anymore. You're, you're feeling so ill because your blood pressure is now too low. Strangely enough, so there I was, losing the weight and no longer on the blood pressure medicines. And it was going along, and then I found that I wasn't needing my Nexium anymore. I wasn't having this terrible indigestion and gerd and all these awful feelings that I used to have before. And I wasn't bloated. It was like and knew me, it was, it was like scary in a way. And my husband found that his diabetes, his sugar levels were also falling dramatically. In fact, last year his doctor said to him, Howard, I've got great news for you. You no longer have diabetes.
1: Amazing. We're going to just stop there for a minute because we have to go for an ad
0: break. Okay. If
1: anybody would like to join the conversation, 34519 or 0618951019, have you been through anything like Natalie um, has been discussing? Have you changed your life? Or if you'd like to ask Natalie a question, please feel free. We'll be back shortly.
0: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Faggy Stern.
1: Welcome back, and we are speaking to a wonderful lady called Natalie Joel, who, before the break, was describing the way um, how how, how her health was and her life was, before she decided to take things into her own hands and get a control of it. Natalie... um, how hard was it in the beginning? You know, I think one of the, 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 the biggest things that I know in my own life and, and, and to other people that, that I chat to um, is this, like, psychological barrier. Like, everybody actually does, I think, understand to a great extent how important health is, how important diet is. But it's just so hard psychologically to, to, to move forward and to change things. Like, did you, did you feel that at times you were hitting the wall? Did you get frustrated that you needed to change what you were doing? Or did you feel that the motivation
2: of just getting better was what was fueling you? That's a very interesting question. I must tell you, when I first started, we didn't know what on earth we were doing, but I thought, Mm -hmm. do what the psychologist said, follow the steps, and it was the most incredible Amazing thing happened. As I mentioned earlier, I had this this addiction to chocolate. That's the only word you can use. It was an addiction Well, you to the chocolate. only one. I'm still addicted to chocolate, so don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, Adel, the interesting thing is I didn't know that sugar is a bigger addiction, so I've been told, than cocaine. Mm. And once I stopped having everything that had sugar in it, and you'd be shocked, you'd be horrified to know what has got sugar in it. When our children were little, when my children were little, thirty, forty years ago, everything had colorants. Yes. And and it affected some of my children very badly. So I know the effect, which I but you forget after a while that these things can affect. Now everything has got sugar. Even dill cucumber has got sugar. Can you believe yeah. it? So anyway, when I stopped having this this cravings for chocolate anymore and for sweets, um I wasn't eating them. So the 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 cravings went away, and I noticed after a while I could stand in the queue at the shops, and all of a sudden I said, "I thought, hey, I didn't hear anybody calling me." And I'd look, and I see the sweets and the chocolates were still on the shelves, and I didn't hear the whispers, "Natalie, here I am." <laughs> you know, like was yeah. beforehand. So did you off. go? Did you,
1: did you go through like a slump? Like I I, I know for myself, and I, I, I absolutely agreed, and I think this is something that Faye and I. Speak about a lot on on the show, off the show, on our WhatsApp group, um, is the fact that sugar is it's like it's like a heroin addiction. Your body craves and craves, and when you go off it, I remember the first week to ten days, I was so out of sorts. I had a headache. I was lethargic. I was I was like walking around the kitchen like a I don't know like like a mad woman. Not not mad like crazy, but like searching for, I, I don't know what I was searching for until I realized that, yeah, I was just looking
2: for sugar. Yes. So if, you, if, you, if you speak to people who've stopped smoking or have stopped drinking, it's exactly the same thing. They go through this terrible, terrible situation where they are craving like crazy, and you've got to break it. In, in this way of eating, it's actually called the keto flu, or right. carb flu. So your body is transitioning from running on a sugar Sugar engine, so to speak, to running on a fat engine mm-hmm. and it, it goes through it does go through a process of change, and the change does the body does say hey what 's going on here i don 't like being thrown out of my normal stable way of thinking and it does it does kick up for me. I had the most terrible, terrible cramps in my calves, and my husband got terrible ear, ear dizziness and we didn 't realize it was connected to this, so for me, the reason was when you Cut out all the the, the the food that's got all the sugar and the carbs is a lot of us, well, it's all about me. A lot of people my age look like we're eight months pregnant,
0: mm.
2: and we're not. But the problem is that the food is all sitting there because of the way we eat that the body can't process it. So when you change the way of eating is that all that, that stuff that's sitting by the stomach, all the water that's sitting there starts Going out the body and it takes out all the nutrients. So when it takes out the nutrients, like magnesium, I was losing a lot of magnesium. That's why I was getting these terrible cramps. And once I learned what the problem was, I could sort it out. So yes, yeah. you do go, you do go through this, this hiatus, this, this change. It's like terrifying.
1: How, do, how did you motivate yourself during that time? I remember I was about to give it up and I had, um, um, I, I, like I started on a Tuesday, and about by the weekend, I was I was I was crazy. And I actually had a a share at my house. It was a Rosh Chodesh club, and um, I I had prepared a whole lot of food for all the ladies that were coming to me. And I wasn't eating anything. And everyone said, well, "What's wrong with you?" And I told them, "I said I'm about to give up." And they said, "No, no, just hang on, you know, just go over the go over the bump. Like another two three days, and you'll start feeling good." Like. What advice would you give to somebody as they're going through this? Like, you know, what, is it support? Is it, is it, uh, is it exercise? Is there something that, that, that you did specifically that helped you through it? Or was it just the motivation that, geez, I need to get my body weight back in, back back in check?
2: Well, we were very fortunate because we didn't know that these issues related to what we were doing. It's only later that that we found out that, oh, this is what it is. So now I actually must just go back a step. I was so impressed by this way of eating that I actually became a keto coach and a banting coach because so many people want to change their ways. They don't know what to do. So I thought I've been so successful. My husband has been so successful. Let me help people how to do it. So that's what I did. So now when I start with people, I say to them, be warned. In the the first couple of weeks, you may have these symptoms, but just make sure you drink a lot because we don't drink enough, and drinking is very important. We need we need to hydrate our bodies. A lot of us are very dehydrated. And Mm. take some supplements, and you will get through it. So they know in advance that this will happen. Describe
1: describe a day in the life of Natalie Joel What do you eat for breakfast, lunch and supper And
2: in the kitchen <laughs> uh, Well, uh, do a thing called intermittent fasting The very interesting thing about this way of eating Is that you're not running on sugar As I mentioned Think of yourself as a car A car on, on petrol It's smooth You don't hear it coming The engine goes But you've got to keep filling it up Once got, your car needs filling
0: mm. You've
2: got a diesel car Diesel engine, you can hear it coming from a block away. And it, it's not, it's not a smooth engine. It's, it the, it, the process of turning the diesel into whatever it is that makes the engine work is more complicated. But you only have to fill the car up once a month or twice, twice a month, not like every week. So it's the same thing when we stop eating the sugar. When you're eating the sugar all the time, it's very, quick-burning energy. So your body needs it all the time. So you have breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, supper, snack, which is a problem in itself because it pushes the insulin, which causes all the other issues. But when you change to having diesel all the time, if I can put it like that, if you mm. can have the, the, the unprocessed stuff or the non-sugar stuff, you will find that you're not hungry all the time and you don't need to eat all the time, which is – it sounds mad – What? You mean I don't need to eat? I won't be hungry? People can't believe it, and I also couldn't. But you'll find that you won't need to eat all the time. And my motto is, eat when you're hungry and stop when you're full. And yes, you will be eating this most delicious steak, and suddenly you'll feel, I'm full, I can't finish. And it does happen. You you can't believe such a thing can be. But your your switch off point does come back when you cut out the sugar and all the things. So what do you have for breakfast? breakfast. If I do have breakfast, I'll have maybe an omelet with some vegetables fried in butter or coconut oil. And for lunch, I'll have tuna salad or smoked mackerel, which is delicious. You can get those herb mackerel and pepper mackerel Mm. with salad and a bit of homemade mayonnaise and always with water. I drink a lot of water. And for supper, um, either some delicious salmon, fried or baked, or chicken, lamb, roast meat, whatever. Very simple, very easy, very very able to put together quickly. I don't go for these long, complicated meals. I just like, okay, what am I going to eat? Da, da 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 da. Make the food and that's it. Mm.
1: So basically, you're combining protein. A, a, a portion of protein with fat um, whether it's like the avocados or the healthy oils um and then a lot of, of a lot of vegetables yes and that's how you eat basically the entire day yes um and and then is there snack or you
2: feel that you don't need snack no i don't snack i don't snack. not at all so you're having three meals a day or two or sometimes even just one yes Today I haven't had breakfast. I had a lamb chop last night with some vegetables. (laughs) And you're still, your your diesel is still fueling you up. Diesel is going, yep. I've got my (laughs) black coffee that my husband just made for me and that's it. Let's
1: just talk a little bit about intermittent fasting because I know that this, that that is something in and of itself that you actually give a space for your body to Reset itself and obviously look for the, its energy sources in the fat, as opposed to to you, you piling it in
2: with sugar. Do you do intermittent fasting on a day? Yes, fast? I do this. Yes, I do this. um Skipping breakfast is a form of intermittent fasting. We all do intermittent fasting. If we sleep, if we have supper and then we wake up in the morning, we're not eating during the night when we're sleeping, so that's an intermittent fast. Right. So you really are doing an intermittent fast. And also, I must say, it's not like Yom Kippah and Tisha B'av. It is drinking it's right. very important, as right. I mentioned earlier to make sure your body is hydrated because you need you need the water in the body we need to have liquids in our body so and also the important thing is if you're feeling hungry you, you eat you don't you don't force yourself sorry yes so
1: let me just ask you just in terms of intermittent fasting, so you will finish your 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 last meal at
2: night at what time it depends um Last night I had a seminar, so we finished supper. We had supper at about eight. So we finished supper say half past eight, quarter to nine. And then this morning didn't feel hungry, didn't have breakfast, and I'll have lunch at about one o'clock.
1: Right, right. I've got I've got I've got to say out there though that um, you know, just in, in my personal journey um and in, in speaking to various functional medicine doctors just in terms of what's right in terms of eating and not eating intermittent fasting is a good way to go but one should speak to a doctor because um, we i've been advised and, and for another family member as well not to do intermittent fasting yes, definitely. because it's, it's much it's much more important sometimes just to stabilize your blood sugar yes, as opposed yes. to throwing your body into starving and not starving obviously you've you've got a a long way in stabilizing it, and so now nice. you can you, you you know you can practice it with ease. We've got quite a few comments. Uh, somebody just went and said, "Can Natalie repeat what you did to lose weight?" While well, we're talking about banting, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. And um, Karen's asking, "What coffee do you have? What I ty- what I guess what type of coffee is there a specific t- coffee?" Yeah. And I'd like to add in ask in on that question. Isn't coffee
2: Um, bad for you in that it dehydrates you? Okay, that's a very interesting thing to ask because, which I didn't know I used to have a coffee shop so I learned a fortune about coffee at that stage the instant coffee that you get in the tins if you look and you read the ingredients you will be horrified because it does not just say coffee, it will say coffee, it will say dextrose which is a terrible terrible poisonous sweetener it will say uh, chicory it will have a whole range of things I use beans. Mm-hmm. I ground my own beans and I use, or I buy them ready ground at the Woolworths or Pick and Pay, all those ground ones. But I use, uh, Arabia, oh, my bad, Arabia coffee, there, there are two types of coffee beans. The coffee beans that you get in the instant coffees is the one type, Robusta. And the other coffee beans are another type called, as I said to called Arabian beans. That, anyways, it's so the non-Robusta ones non robusta ones they have got caffeine a much, much, much higher rate than the Arabic beans, Arabica beans. Oh. So those have got a lot lower caffeine rate than the others. So if you drink these beans, your rate of having caffeine and caffeine issues are much, much lower than the commercial instant coffee that you buy. So you don't how get... Coffee, how, many, how many cups of coffee would you have a day? Oh, I have two or three when I wake up in the morning. Mm. and then I have I can have two or three in the morning for lunch and um, maybe one in the afternoon and a couple at night so okay. it's, it's, it's a rabbit cup coffee beans and then sometimes I'll have some green tea or ribos tea or some of those things as well but i Become main, and I never used to drink coffee until I had my coffee shop, and then I started drinking coffee. Mm. So, but it's it's this this type of arabica coffee beans are much better for us than regular robusta coffee. Right, right, very interesting. uh, I could,
1: you know, to share with the listeners, um, I'm allergic to coffee. Uh, If I (laughs) swallow caffeine, I I mimic a heart attack. Um, But there's, there's, there's other things that you can do if, if you're not too keen on, on, on coffee and, you know, your body can't tolerate it to drink things like chicory, to drink, um, you know, lots of times I'll just have fresh lemon in, in, you know, it's slice beautiful. With, with, with some raw, um, uh, or, or have a herbal tea. Or just plain water, as I always yes. tell my grandchildren, it's Hashem's best juice water. Yeah, you know, yeah, It's got uh, everything that you need to to do it. We just got a comment from somebody that said, I find it so hard not to eat bread in a sandwich when you want a quick meal. And I think without, without judgment out there, that is really indicative of, of of the sugar craving. Because if you need a quick meal... Um, and you know you're going for the breads. It's telling you that your body is craving the sugar. That's how we how, how we go. And that's why the discussion about sugar isn't about just the Hewlett's packet packet that's sitting in your um you know in your grocery, but it is the carbs, the potatoes, the pasta, kind of like all the comfort foods. You know, yes. one of the things that um, really has been spoken about. Um, is that particularly now with COVID-19, sugar is playing an incredible part, negative and positive. The negative is that, and it was explained by a nutritionist we had, I think it was last week or the week before, that um, COVID-19 needs sugar as part of its um, ability to infiltrate the body. It uses sugar as a carrier. Okay, And if we want to... Try staying away from COVID. One of the things we should be doing is staying away from sugar right now. Um, you know, that is so important. And as you said, sugar isn't just about the raw sugar that you see in your kitchen. It's about seeing it in the dill cucumbers. It's about the amount of sugar that's in the bread, in the tomato sauce, in the mayonnaise, in the cereals. If you look, you will see that sugar plays a huge component in so, you know, in so many areas. When we were chatting, though, Natalie, you spoke about the fact that um, you did, in fact, you and your husband got COVID. What happened
2: there? It's so interesting what you say about the sugar because maybe that's why we had it so mildly. We both were feeling terrible, awful, mm-hmm. and I let my doctor know my symptoms, and he said to me, go for a test. And we went for a test, and we got it back negative, and we thought, no, we felt actually let down because we were convinced we had it. So anyway, I kept on getting the symptoms, not badly, but bad, not terrible, you know, not awful, but I had them. So then I went to the doctor. I what was, was that terrible. I was, like, I was the only, my normal, my normal GP I went to. Mm-hmm. And I must just say, I was shocked there was no one in the waiting room. And it scares me because people need to go to the doctor when they're not feeling well to prevent things that are worse, you know, that can get worse. Anyway, so he said to me, well, I must just tell you, what did you have? As he had a throat swab, he said the throat swab has got a 36% positive testing. And the, I mean, it's it, it, only 36% realistic. So even if exactly. you had it, it might show that it's negative. But you've definitely, you definitely have it, and you've definitely, and you're at the tail end. Mm. So you know, I actually felt fantastic. I finally felt this like weight lift off me. Yeah, I've had COVID. I'm fine. You know, it's crazy yeah. to think like that. But I actually yeah. felt lighthearted and I came home and I told my husband and he also he like he did a turnaround and he said, Yes, he feels great. He he was already over it. Mm-hmm. And how long did it last for your symptoms? About two weeks, two and a half weeks.
0: Oh,
1: okay. okay. So so you've probably just ran the course um like everybody else, but um you know the repercussions of of, of getting covid um were mild, which again is I think that the, the the healthier way to go, if we are, we are able ourselves, our immune our our immune systems and our you know our health generally, is is well well structured and well founded. Then uh, you know we don't have to start running out and saying, well we need this tablet and this vaccine and this X Y Z to make ourselves better. We ourselves, in fact, can be responsible for that. Again, not negating in any way yes. what. Ever that one when one is in dire straits and one is ill, one needs um you know medication and the care yes. of doctors, et cetera et cetera, not yes. negating that, but certainly that um there is a important side to the fact that if we are healthy, we are able to you know go over these humps and bumps, which are inevitable viruses, bacteria are inevitable, they're in the air um yes. you know. Uh, we, we, we move around. We're just going to go for a little bit of an ad break and pick up again as soon as we get back.
0: This is the Healthy You Wealthy You Show with Adol Kosilski and Feige Stern.
1: Welcome back, and we are speaking to Natalie Joel, a lady who really took control of her life and changed her life around. Natalie, you said that you are now a um, a banting con- um, counsellor. How did you go about doing that, and you know, where did you learn these things? If, some- if somebody is listening to you right now and is wanting to investigate
2: further, where should they go, what should they do? Okay, so when I first started, I said I, said I did the Banting. Banting is the South African version of it, it, of low-carbon keto. It, in fact, I think it's the best way. It, it incorporates everything. It's got the less stressful way of going forward, of doing things.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So um, I, we, I did it through the Real Mill Revolution. They were doing a coaching course then. I don't know if they still are doing it. This was in 2016. And I did the course there. It was amazing, and I loved it. And then um, – I discovered another course. They don't, they don't do it anymore. I did a course, another keto course, an American one. And then I did it. Then I was also very fond of Dr. Berg. I found him incredible, and I did his course. I learned so much about insulin. I didn't realize that insulin was so involved in it's a major hormone in our body. And um, his course is incredible, Dr. Berg's course. And then I'm also doing a course. As you can see, I just love this stuff, and I just love learning more and more. I'm doing a course in South Africa through Bernadine Douglas. Her course is also brilliant. She goes through how to set up a business and all the different things in low carb. She's more low carb and all the different fields in there. She's also had an incredible course. If anybody wants to know more about, then they can always contact me. So those are the courses I've been doing for keto, and I'm also doing a life course, life coaching course because. Um, Helping people with the eating isn't just to do with the eating; it's also to help them psychologically. Not psychologically; it's a horrible word to use, but a lot of people have issues like they've got no self-worth and various things. And by doing this life coaching course, I'll be able to put across more to people to help them with the eating situation. I think I think one of
1: the, the the ideas that we we always discuss on this show is that I think the understanding and it's becoming more more of an understanding amongst people as as we are uh, evolving um is that our health isn't a specific issue but that we are complex human beings and that in order to treat ourselves we need to treat ourselves holistically so yes, yes you know eating and diet is 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 a, is a major a major aspect to who we are But there are a whole lot of tags behind it that we do emotionally eat. We do, you know, when we feel down, you know, we psychologically look at food a lot of time for comfort. And that one has to become intuitive about that. You know, one of the negative things, again, about COVID um, that has been said is that it's been fantastic that we're at home and that we've reverted to home cooking. That is a positive. But the downside to the home cooking is if we're just sitting and putting home cooking under the banner of, I'm just baking more more, more cupcakes, cookies, biscuits, you know, and food that, that is giving me comfort because I'm really uncomfortable, you know, being in isolation or sitting in quarantine or not being able, you know, to go out. I mean, the whole food industry, the, the restaurant industry is a huge play, you know, on our social lives and who, who we are. So on the one hand, um, being now under isolation or wherever we are you know, in, in, this, in this COVID-19 pandemic has been an incredible opportunity for us to go back to basics and start trying to cook from raw, trying to cook without preservatives, additives, and all the nonsense, and at the same time also to be very aware not to go the other way, that the only way we're going to get through this is if we have about 10 bags of chips and four slabs of chocolate and some Coke, you know? <laughs> yes. To, to, to top it off, and yeah. I, I think highlighting that a lot.
2: Yes, yeah,
1: um, it is. Mm. What if, if somebody wants to be in touch with you? Do you do you you,
2: you coach people themselves, help and help people yes. to diet? Yes, I do. I do. Um, okay. I'm on Facebook, Living Keto with Nat.
1: Right, and they can contact you through through your Facebook page or your Instagram as well. Yes,
2: also yes.
1: What did your, how did your lifestyle, did your lifestyle change only affect yourself and your husband? Or did you see that once you started eating healthy, you were able to actually influence your kids, your grandkids, people around you? Did, did that happen? Or did, uh, you know, everybody else go look and go, oh no, okay, you're a little crazy. <laughs>
2: we, we are the crazy ones in the family. We are the fanatical parents and family friends. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: so, <clears throat> how, how do you cope then with going out to, well, let's talk pre-COVID days or hopefully post-COVID days. What do you do when you have to go out for Shabbos? What do you do when you have to,
2: you know, go eat at your kids or to anybody else who who doesn't cook like you? Okay. Well, I must tell you that my children are absolutely incredible. They go out of their way to make sure that whatever we we want, they always have. If we go to them for a meal, everybody has the food, which is obviously it's, it's very tasty, very edible, very put together, that everything is that we can eat. It's never, oh, mommy, you want to eat this? We've got to put up with it. It's always friendly and smiley and bouncy and wonderful. And if they ever make anything for us, it's always exactly what we can eat. So we never have an issue there. Um, when you're if you're out, going to your friends? Um, I do tell them what we can and cannot. I actually prefer people now to come to us because mm-hmm. it's easier. Mm-hmm. I like people coming to us. We can make what we want. But as I also tell my clients, is what's very important. If you're going out for a meal, people are spending – They, want, they want, they're happy to have you. They're spending time, energy, and money to make sure that you're happy. And you're going to turn up and say, no, sorry, I can't eat this. They're going to be upset. It's always very important to say, look, I've got various issues. I can't eat this. Can I bring a salad or a, a, a dessert or, or something that, that they can see that you're still caring? And then they can also – If you're making a chicken, please make a piece of chicken that doesn't have the sauce on it. Please make a piece of fish that's just grilled and not baked. You know, you you give them examples because most people haven't a clue what this way of eating means. Do you you ever cheat? Natalie, do you ever cheat? Do you ever cheat? Like to say, okay,
1: today I'm just letting go and I'm going to be ordering pizza in or I'm going to go and eat that uh, delicious peanut butter ball. Do you ever do that?
2: But when I first started, as I say, I used to have this coffee shop. When I first started in the first few weeks, I did sometimes have a piece of toffee or something. But after a while, you find that you don't have this desire anymore. Let me give you an example. We weren't always, we weren't always Shomer Shabbos. So I know from the olden days. So when we became kosher, you learned, or people who keep kosher, you, it, it, somebody once said to my husband, you are so lucky you keep kosher. And he said, why? He says, because you've already got the boundaries. Okay. And that's what it is. If you've got the boundaries in your mind, this is. is one person jokes to me, "Oh, well, you're not going to eat the poison that's here." And I thought that's a very good description. Now we say, "Okay, poison." <laughs> <laughs> um, if you know that you're going somewhere and they've got the most incredible spread, but it's not kosher. You look mm-hmm. at it, oh, isn't it beautiful? But you have got no desire to eat it. Right, so right. It's the same thing when you when you when you've seen the reaction. The health, my husband had a major operation last year, and the doctor told him that if he hadn't changed his diet four years before, he wouldn't have been here. They were might have had the operation. Right. So if you if you have these wonderful things that have happened that we didn't even know that our health would improve when we started this, you look mm-hmm. at the other foods, you don't have the cravings anymore because you haven't got the sugar cravings, and you haven't got the desire. So right. to answer that, no, I don't cheat. If I cheat, I, okay, might, so be, I might have a, a, a cracker that's so-called dancing kosher. <laughs> but I won't, I don't have anything, no.
1: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show and uh, we're going for a bit of a break and we're going to wrap up when we get back.
0: This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Feige Stern.
1: Welcome back, and I just want to pick up, Natalie, from what we were saying, um, what what you were saying just before the break. I remember when I, like, kicked my sugar addiction, and maybe about two, three weeks later, um, I went to, I don't know if it was a wedding or a bar mitzvah, at one of our very good kosher caterers, and, you know, you walk past the buffet And you see all of these foods and like ordinarily before I would take like a plate, you know, and pile one of absolutely everything that I could on it. And um, initially I got quite a bit of a shock and I I said to my husband, I'm not going to be able to eat anything here. Like there's nothing here that's whole and wholesome. And I landed up going, you know, into the back kitchen and asking the mishkete, is it possible, can you just give me – you know, a piece of, of of fish with nothing on it and just a fresh salad. And there I sat at the table eating this, you know, um, plain fish. It just had a little bit of salt on it and this raw salad, watching everybody else, you know, indulging and enjoying themselves, rightfully so, because the food was and looked absolutely delicious. And um, – I finished the meal, and I actually afterwards, I had like an epiphany. Like I got up to the dessert table, and I looked at it, and I actually didn't even want it anymore. And I felt full, and I felt good. And that was like such a psychological revelation for, for me to actually understand, you know, you can eat healthy. You can, you know, participate in, in in nutritious food, and you don't actually have to go after all the stuff, you know, that's sitting there on the table. And it, uh, th- those boundaries then really
2: made a lot of sense. Yes. I actually talk about the caterers. I have found that if I call them a couple of weeks beforehand and tell them, look, I'm coming to X, Y, Z function, yes. they yes. will yes. go out of their way to make something. In fact, yes. the people at the table say, I also want that. <laughs> they make it exactly. look so beautiful. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have too much time left. Um,
1: what message would you like to give to people out there? Um, who are listening? Who are maybe thinking, well, I, I, I need
2: to try this. Where should I go? What should I do? What message would you like to leave our listeners with? We 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 mustn't live a life of guilt. We must basically we have to love ourselves. And if we we got to, if we make a mistake, don't beat ourselves up. We just pick ourselves up and move on. We can do it. We just the most important thing is mindset. You have right. to put in your mind that I am able to do this. I can do this. And you'll find that you can, because if you think you can, you can. And if you think you can't, then you can't. So if you really want to do it, go for it. Well, fantastic, and I think a very,
1: very important message, and this is one of the motivations of the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. If anybody wants to have a little bit more motivation, you're most welcome to join our WhatsApp group. Faggy and I run this WhatsApp group. It's not an overwhelming one. We don't bombard 900 times a day. It's only run by admin. You can send an SMS to info at chayfm.com. Give us your name and your cell phone number, and obviously you need to have WhatsApp, but uh we will gladly join you on on to it. And you know, you can tune in every single Wednesday um as we journey through this together. Natalie Joel, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your inspiring story and um Please, God, you know, just this discussion will spur another couple of people to give up the the sugar addiction, at least, at the very least. Thank you. Thank you, Adel. Have a wonderful day ahead and a wonderful week. Today is Tuba Ave, It is a very happy day in the Jewish calendar. Um, So be happy and bite into an apple. Have a great day, everyone.